Marina Scorciani. I'm at Lottie's, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's, and I'm excited about today's show because it's going to rock. going to be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's going to be a hell of a ride. Hey everybody, welcome to another special bonus episode of Meet Us at Molly's. As always, my name's Gina, I'm one of your hosts, I'm joined by Bryna. Hello everybody. We've got not one, but two special guests tonight. Right ahead of the finales, you know, we wanted to have some of the creatives on to just kind of talk about the seasons and, you know, gear up for the finales. Tonight, we've got the Chicago Med edition. We've got writer and producer Jeff Dreyer, as well as writer and producer Stephen Hootstein. Welcome back, guys. Hey, thanks for having us. Thank you. Thank you guys for coming back. I'm glad we didn't scare you away the first time. (laughs) It was so, a little iffy getting Steve back here. I, I, I dragged him in. Oh no! Yeah, Jeff, Jeff holding my hand right now to keep, you know just to make sure my you know I survived this. Jeff, did you remind him we don't we bite? <laughs> I, well, you, you haven't in the past. We we anticipate some tough questions today. Well, you know, I mean, you know. You know. <laughs> yeah. We know. On that note, why don't you start listening. us off? <laughs> <laughs> you want me to start? Okay. Um, so, yeah, I guess we'll just start with the elephant in the room because I know this is what we got the questions about the most. I mean, I don't even know if you guys can answer this, but we want to ask because this is, again, what everyone <laughs> wants to know. And if you can't um, answer, that's okay. Yeah, like we totally get that if you can't answer, that's totally fine. But I guess let's just... <laughs> I don't even know how to ask it, but the <laughs> news that came out a couple weeks ago about Norma and Colin leaving, is that a creative choice? Is that a behind-the-scenes choice? Like, I don't, again, I don't know if you can talk about this, but was that we have choice? to choice? Yeah. Yeah, was it their choice? What can you tell us, if anything? Uh, Steve's going to answer that one. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, well, overall, it's a, it's a, it's a creative choice. And, and I know it's, uh, it's interesting. We were talking about like the, the, the news release in and of itself, which is, uh, you know, not, not necessarily the way the writers, uh, <laughs> were hoping it would go down because, you know, we're trying to, uh, tell a story with some suspense and twists and surprise <laughs> that are, you know, this seems to, uh, Stealing some of our thoughts. <laughs> uh, it's definitely not a behind-the-scenes thing. In that, like, no one could be more beloved than than Colin and Norma. Like, they're 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 fantastic. There was nothing nothing at all like that because they are both professional and great and like wonderful people. So it is nothing like that at all. Yeah. Yeah. We we got, always... we were... No. Go, go ahead. ahead. I'm sorry. No, no it's I, not really going to say anything that interesting. <laughs> no, I was just going to say, it's so ironic. Like, we did it. We ended up doing, like, an emergency, like, breaking news episode when all this came out. And it's ironic that, like, this kind of happened last year, too, when Monica left on fire. Like, Deadline had kind of spoiled it, like, a little bit ahead. But, like, it wasn't really confirmed at that point. And then it, like, ended up being confirmed after. And we're like, why do they keep spoiling our finales? Like, it kind of, like you guys were saying, like, as writers... <laughs> 
it ruins it because you guys are trying to create suspense, you know, for the viewers. And, like, for viewers, like, it's just not, you know, granted, we could have, guessed ignored it. But, like, it's kind of hard to ignore when you do this. So, like, it kind of is ruined, not on anything on your part, but, like, it's, you know, like, we kind of know what's going to end up happening in some, well, we think we know or we know parts of it. But, like, it's just kind of awful and, I, you know, terrible that it's happened two years ago. So... Yeah. I, I find it interesting that, that you know because the the industry is getting covered so much more on all fronts, whether it's you know creatively like you guys are doing, talking about the actual narrative of the show themselves or the behind the scenes, you know, getting the news out. And often there's, there's an occasion where those two things are uh, are colliding in a way that's working against uh, the story. But you know those the people who follow the the interact the you know the, the the business side don't have that same spoiler vocabulary right <laughs> don't care, you know it's, it's not a concern for this it's, i think maybe you guys should all get maybe you can talk to your brethren who are covering that thing and at least talk about how to break news in a in a way that doesn't spoil stuff <laughs> yeah i mean that's all i blame deadline i always blame deadline they're easy to blame <laughs> You yeah, know. they're pretty easy to blame. They're 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 not uh, as far as writers go. They're they're kind of uh, in the wrong for the past two months on a lot of issues. Ah, so. uh, yikes! They uh, they buttered us up this year too because like maybe a week or two before they broke the news about Colin and Norma and John, they were like, oh, by the way, Jesse Spencer and Taylor Kinney re-upped their contracts. And we were like, great, Deadline, we don't have to be <laughs> mad at you this year. Cut to two weeks later and we were like, damn it, Deadline? Yeah, there's no suspense anymore for anybody if you uh, if, if you read the internet. It's too bad. Yeah, it's it's terrible, and then it like it leaves viewers in a bad taste because like you know they're just like oh well whatever way they, these characters get written off is going to be terrible, and you know like they're just kind of going in and looking at every episode with like a terrible like viewpoint, but they're not actually like you know like the penultimates mm-hmm. for all three shows this past week were really great, and like a lot of people you know on the internet didn't see that because they were all looking at like viewpoints of like one or two specific storylines from each show that they hated. So like, it's kind of also awful because they can't appreciate like the episodes that are actually airing and, you know, they're just focused on the future. So it kind of sucks from everybody's angles. Yeah, we agree. (laughs) Yeah. So knowing that it was creative, then I have a follow-up record question. So, It's been kind of a rough year for Connor and Ava, but with Connor, I mean, let me think of a good way to phrase this because I'm like, I'm not talking to Bryna, so I can't be like super brash like I like to be. Um, (laughs) Like We we can take it. Okay. I mean, doesn't it feel a little bit like you're throwing the baby out with the bathwater with Connor? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, there's a a lot of bathwater. Yeah. Um, Have we done that story yet? Actually throwing, <laughs> throwing, throwing the baby out with the That's good. Thank you. That's a, you might, that makes a good title also. Baby yeah. Um, I mean, is the, is the is the question sort of that, like, so much stuff has happened, are we just, like, throwing our hands up in the air and saying, enough with all this we want to do over? Is that the... No, no, no. I think okay. So you're talking about uh, Norm. You're talking about the the, the distinction between uh, Ava and Connor. 
More so, yes, because, okay, let's let's call a spade a spade. Connor and Ava are toxic as can be, right? Like, super toxic relationship. <laughs> it's true, though. And yeah. so, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yes. it's... It seems like all season, Ava's been the instigator in all these situations. And we'll get into more of that now because it seems like, you know, we're starting to kind of flip the table there in, in terms of, you know, Colin might or Connor might have been imagining this to begin with, whatever. But it seems like Ava's been kind of the instigator in all these crazy incidents this year. So to have both Connor and Ava leave, doesn't that kind of seem like, again, throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Because you're just like, OK, never mind. We don't need to get rid of Ava. We'll just get rid of both of them. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a fair point. Like from, and this is just like a technical writing sort of standpoint. You know, when when you have a when you have a surgeon who's who's in the OR all the time, it, it becomes it's a little tricky trying to write stories unless they've got someone there to bounce the stories off of. You right. know, because if if Collins in the OR all alone and there's no one to talk to, you know? So, you know, you always have to find people to have these surgery stories with. And, you know, so, uh, you know, to answer your question, like a little bit, yes. And, and, and a little bit, no, it's, it's like, by this point, Ava's story was Connor's story in a way. And, and it became, I don't know, it's, it's a little hard to, it becomes a little hard to separate the two. That, does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And you know we're just asking from, you know, a point of love-ish. You know, <laughs> we're not trying to be like investigative <laughs> journalists, but we're curious. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's it, 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 yeah, from, from, a, from, a, from a writing standpoint, it just, it just sort of becomes tricky to, to try to keep telling, keep telling those stories. So that, that was, you know, was one of the obstacles that we were running up against. Got it. Got it. So maybe this will be answered in the finale. So, you know, if you can't answer again, we understand. But did Ava actually sleep with Cornelius? Like, can we clear this up or is it going to be forever a mystery? I don't know if we should answer that. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Is that something? I think we can table that and and we can talk again (laughs) in the uh, the new season. Yes, absolutely. Yes, we can table that. Yeah. yeah, that one. There's, there's, there's more Eva Connor to come before this is yeah. all over. Oh okay. lord. And it, yeah, and well, you, oh, it's so weird what to be able to say. <laughs> or not. I know. I don't you have something good? No, I was just, just saying with expectations. Like the way that that article is written, it just, it basically presupposes that this might be the last time we see them. Right. This uh, on Wednesday on right. the finale, but that might not necessarily be the case. It might not be the case, right. Oh. Interesting. And, and we really don't know because we haven't, like, yeah. we just started talking about season five, so we don't, like, we don't know what's going on in season five, so yeah. that it, 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 we really don't know. It's just possibilities out there. Yeah. Are you guys back in the writer's room yet, or is that just, like, not yet, maybe just, like, a couple weeks out? Uh, we just, we've been around... A couple, you know, we started talking, and this year we were fortunate enough to get uh, an earlier uh, pickup than years prior. Right. right. So, uh, yeah, we have had, a, uh, we, you know, we've started those discussions. Gotcha. Uh, so, speaking of Cornelius, 
it was a really bad year to be a dad in one Chicago. Like, <laughs> really bad. bad. Yeah. Happy Father's Day. <laughs> For real, though. Yeah. And so we asked Derek about this on last when we talked to him, but I, we want to know what your guys' side. Like, was this something coordinated, just happened to be coincidental that everyone's father that showed up was either killed or injured in some way this season? <laughs> Uh, I mean, it was pretty coincidental. <laughs> I don't know. Did it feel thematic to you? <laughs> we can try to sound smarter than we are, but uh, no, it, it was it, it, it was just something where the the, the stories kind of uh, presented themselves, um, and you know, it just it just had, we didn't go into the season. Uh, knowing what was going to happen with Cornelius or anything like that, it was it was you know as we were writing the season, uh, you know things just sort of started taking this turn and and it you know kind of became more and more apparent to us that that you know this might be a direction we're going. So it wasn't anything that we planned out from the beginning. Gotcha. Which is a perfect segue into our next question of you know why why now to kill Cornelius? Why do it now? Well, oh, I know. Why not? Is Stephen halfway out the door right now? Is he just like, I'm out? (laughs) (laughs) He's starting to shake a little bit, you know. Uh, You know, there's stuff coming up in the finale that we don't want to give away. Okay. Um, But uh, I, I, I... I, I think it'll become a little more apparent uh, in the finale. Yeah. I mean, it is, it is a, a major plot point uh, in the, in the finale. So uh, the, at least the, at least the why now on that front, I think will be, you know, answered, uh, you know, specifically in the, in the finale uh, at a larger metaphysical level, you know, I'd have to go back and re-examine it. But, you know, I think we, we, as soon as we started the season, knowing that there was this hanging issue, what happened with Ava and Cornelius and the thing, and we've, we've obviously got a long legacy of history between those two. You know, we always saw that, uh, you know, Cornelius was this kind of uh, fraud and spur and, like, you know, represent this damaged part of Connor that felt like it was, as the tension was growing between Connor and Ava, that Cornelius, uh, you know, could contribute and add to that. So hopefully uh, after the finale, it'll feel like a, uh, you know, the, 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 the whole season was, uh, you know, satisfying to some extent, you know, in terms of that, those relationships. Was it something you guys had ever discussed prior to this season, or was it just kind of like you were talking about, like, with the Ava and Connor and everything going on in that world, like you felt like it was kind of tied in and made sense. I mean, every year we talk about Cornelius and, and uh, I, you know, I think he's such an interesting part of Connor's character and he's, you know, there, there's, you know, some, there's a hole in Connor that can't quite be filled uh, because of this relationship that he had with his dad his whole life. And so we always kind of talking about, talk about addressing it. And then this year, you know, with Ava coming off last year where Cornelius sort of had an interest in Ava and, and it just seemed like the, the right time to, to build on top of that and really start to, 
get at a little more, you know, what makes Connor Connor and what's, you know, what's going on inside of him. And it all, you know, just, it sort of felt like the right time to, to explore his character a little more. And I, you know, hopefully we're to that end, if you go back to like the beginning of the season, I guess there is, whether it was intentional or not, there is something can thematically consistent between like Will who, you know, I'm sure you're referring to earlier having lost his father in the crossover, he and Jay, and then, and you know that those the incident leading up to you know things that put a uh, you know help start fraying his relationship with Natalie, you know in the in the wake of that, and Connor, you know going through the same thing. Uh, so I, I you know I think the stories are tied together. So whether we were super conscious of it or not, or it was just in the water. I don't know. It's yeah. a good answer. <laughs> Interesting. I think it also, a lot of it stems from Stephen's own issues with his father. So that's, my dad is way too much like Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you guys are funny. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, I go ahead and take the next question, please. Yeah, so one of the things, going back to Connor and Ava, though, real quick, like, one of the things that, you know, like you were referencing earlier, you know, that's starting to become clear is that, you know, maybe Connor might have been imagining, imagining this, you know, like, all the bad things that Ava did, and viewers might have start are kind of starting to see that, like, maybe she's been right all along in terms of, like, how Connor, or Connor's assessment of her. And so I'm curious, like, is... And maybe this, like you were saying, like, you know, because it is a creative decision, I'm curious, like, was this how you guys always envisioned their story going? Like, Connor kind of making it all up in his head? Or was that more of a result of, like, you guys officially coming to terms with, like, Colin and Norma leaving and you guys having to figure out how to, like, write them out? And I'm just curious, like, even regardless (laughs) of that, like, where did that idea come from to have it kind of start to be, like, in Connor's head? (laughs) Uh, I mean... I don't know when did when did we start thinking about that? I mean, it, it, there was a there was a you know there was that uh, if you remember back to his history, I'm sure you do. You probably know it better than we do. <laughs> <laughs> you know where his mother. Uh, well, it was explicated in the in this last episode. Yeah, right. Uh, his mother committed. Suicide. Yeah, his mother committed suicide. There was some you know. So we knew that there was this uh, cloud of if not you know of mental health issues uh in connor's family and certainly and you know and and that were in the back of his mind I mean, that wing next door is dedicated you know in his mother's name so we felt like we needed to honor uh you know that at least a little bit of that uh you know that dark thread that runs through uh connor at some point in this story uh that that's that as you said is really about you know connor's um, you know, POV of of Ava and, you know, who she is and is she capable of the things that we think she might be or, or not. Uh, so so I think that was, I think we always knew as, as the story started getting kind of darker and stranger that that at, at some point was going to, uh, you know, uh, reveal itself. Mm-hmm. And I, I mean, it also seemed natural for Connor to reach a point where he sort of questions himself I think, you know, um, I, you know, a lot of, you know, Connor's relationships over the years sort of mimic a little his relationship with his mother, you know, with Robin. And when she had the, uh, the NMDA at the end of season two, mm-hmm. where it looked like she might have been schizophrenic and, and, 
you know, and now he's got another sort of troubled uh, person on his hands. And, you know, is it, is it that he gravitates toward these same sorts of relationships that are similar to his mom or, or is there something, you know, it, I don't know. It, it seemed natural for him to start to question himself and his sort of his own sanity and whether he's really seeing the world uh, as, as it is. Hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. No, it, it made sense. I started saying it. <laughs> no, it definitely does. I think it's interesting though. Cause like we were I mean, like, we've been solely convinced all season up until it kind of came to that point where like, we're like, Oh, is he actually questioning it? Like, but all, all season essentially, or like the back half season, we were convinced Ava's like this lifetime movie killer. And we were like, what is going on? Like we just It's funny how, like, you know, the way when, like, the writing shifts, because, like, we've only been seeing it from Connor's POV, and we're like, yeah, Ava, like, what are you doing? How are you, like, why are you so crazy? But now it's, like, shifted, and we're like, oh. It's just, like, it's just interesting, and, like, to hear you guys talk about it, it's just interesting. But, yeah, it, we've been convinced all season that Ava's some Lifetime movie killer, so. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Yep. So, in happier news, Robin finally came back. Um, you know, now that we see the circumstances that brought her back, you know, it could have easily just been a Caroline and Dr. Charles story, but why did you think it was important for Robin to come back and be part of things? Because we love her and we were very happy to see her back. Uh, I mean, we, we love her also. And, and, uh, you know, we're... You know, the, the great thing about having a, a Dr. Charles story that's you know, sort of outside of the hospital and, and not just with his patients is you get to learn about him as a person. Mm-hmm. And, you know, she's such, I think she's such, such a good mirror for him because, you know, he's, he's going through things with Caroline that, you know, that are emotional and sort of telling about him. But, uh, you know, in a way, the best way to say it is through talking to Robin sometimes because the things that you can't say to Caroline, you, you get to get out through that. So it's, you know, it, 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 it was you know, helpful to have her there, but also like, I don't know, we, we always just like seeing them together because yeah. it's, such it's a, a little bit selfish, honest, like even if we didn't really, you know, there is a narrative purpose for it, but like we love her so much and we yeah. lost her to another series and she just had a baby. And so when she was available, not like, you know, we just, we, we love having her on the show. So yeah, it's a good excuse <laughs> to have her back. <laughs> yeah. Kind of going off that though, like when you talk about obviously like wanting to have more of a Dr. Charles storyline, is that why you guys finally decided to like explore the Caroline of it all and like that relationship and that past? Cause it's something that's always been alluded to, but not, you know, ever fully addressed until now. So I was just curious, is that why you guys finally decided to like give us the backstory for what actually happened in Dr. Charles' life up until now or up until this point? Yes. (laughs) That's it. Exactly. (laughs) He's a, he's a a very interesting character and we, it's so hard to explore him on a personal level because, you know, we, uh, we, we, and, uh, you know, people seem to respond. I don't know. You can tell us more than that, but it feels like our audience really responds to Charles. And, and a lot of that is us doing a stance with him where, you know, he's really strong as a, as a guy who's, you know, kind of keeps his emotions in check and uh, has all the answers. And then, but then he's, you know, Oliver's such a great actor and the character is so great when he's more vulnerable and he's things, and, you know, little goes, we find, a little goes a long way. So we just try to find those 
moments, you know, every season where we can, where we can, you know, get more of uh, that personal vulnerable side of Dr. Charles. And uh, I think we had, part of it was we had, we were aware that, and I don't know how this season played, but as we were going along that Dr. Charles might've been a little, he was not as integral uh, emotionally, you know, because we had so much stuff going on with Will and Natalie and Connor and Ava and uh, Ethan and April from time to time. So it, it felt the time, it felt like the right time for Charles to, you know, come up to the forefront. Yeah. Yeah. That last scene from the penultimate episode was so sweet. And he was just asking her to marry him again. And, oh, that was so sweet. It was good. Yeah. 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 So going back to Ava and her antics, because, you know, just so many things happen. We've heard of IRS. I have, I, why, why did I, why did I just, I, I, I just brought her name. I didn't have to do bring her name. <laughs> <laughs> We were so fast. I know. I, I, I think I'll take the hit for this one, Jeff. Well, it's more of a it's more of a Robin question, but you know, it, it revolves around Ava's antics, sort of. So we've heard of IRS scams where they call you, but like to make someone think that someone they love has been kidnapped is that like a real thing you guys have read about? And we're just like, oh god, we have to do that because. I'm not exploring the right corners of the internet if that's the case. Like you guys are reading way cooler <laughs> stuff if that's if that's the case. Wait, you've never pretended to kidnap somebody? Can't ransom money? I don't understand. No, I can't never say I have. I have a lot of student loans though. Maybe <laughs> I should consider it. <laughs> no, it. Uh, I, I can't remember. It, 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 it actually right, it actually based happened. on a true story. Right. Was it to someone? Dan in the yeah someone in the room yeah. knows it's yeah. somebody that Dan knows right yeah. yeah like like one of the writers knows someone this happened to and it's yeah. apparently a thing that's scary that is scary the truth is strange than fiction sometimes right <laughs> oh man you can't make that kind of stuff up I don't that's oh man now I'm just gonna like never <laughs> my phone again I'm never gonna answer my phone for anybody like geez yeah I'm just like sitting here pondering that now I'm like oh god that that's that's scary like, <laughs> I mean it worked on Connor because his family is of such a high status right but like that's scary huh yeah this is my okay. why my wife wants to put tracking devices on my kids <laughs> stuff like this doesn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness so sticking with the robin stuff for a second is connor in love still in love with robin um, kind of seems like their love would be a strong word i think right yeah. there's I, I think there's a lot of affection and uh yeah i, I yeah, in a in a all universe where we had to, I mean, we're in a tricky period as, right. as, as things come to a close, where there's a lot of momentum on Connor and Ava's story, and uh, Charles and Caroline's story, and I know we internally were looking for you know moments where Connor and Robin could cross, and maybe we could explore that. I think some of them might have hit the if not the editing room floor, then the, uh, you know, our, our, our you know, earlier giraffes uh, where right. we stick these scenes in to kind of track 
that relationship and because they weren't contributing to the other stories, they kind of got left aside. So I, it's definitely an area that we were, you know, eager to explore and every, every writer had a different opinion on, you know, uh, where they would be. And we just didn't really get a chance <laughs> to, 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 you know, to, to highlight it. Unfortunately, yeah. um, it was really a, like a space issue, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, you know, had to ask. Yeah. We're curious. We care about Connor. <laughs> no, it's a good question. We, yeah. <laughs> we yeah. asked a lot also. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we also just had this theory that, like, Connor at the end, I mean, granted, we don't know because the finale hasn't aired yet, but we just have this theory, and I think a lot of the internet had the same theory of that, like, Connor and Robin were going to go away. Like, Connor's going to be like, I need to get out of bed, and he's going to Well, well, I would not uh, (laughs) discuss any theories, and there is hope, you know, in that, uh, in the uh, universe uh, where, you know, something like that could come to fruition. Yeah, we're just talking about season five now, so it's yes. right. We just, we didn't have time at the end of season four to really play a lot of Connor Robin stuff. Yeah, but that you know that that yeah the don't <laughs> we don't want to pin ourselves down yet because we're talking about it all right now. Okay, we won't give up hope then. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold on. No, and. Yeah. and you know, if you have any great ideas, just like, you know, message me. Okay. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, we're, yeah, we're moving away from Connor and Ava, so be happy about that. But still, going back to Dr. Charles and Caroline, like I was saying, you know, we loved the way the penultimate episode ended for Dr. Charles and Caroline. And so when you brought Caroline in, was it always part of the plan to have him repropose to her? Yeah, I think yeah, I think so. Beginning we after that, right? Um, like you said, you know, we definitely wanted. Well, yes, I I, I don't know if that was like instantly, and that came out when, but I know we wanted to bring your character in to see uh, a more uh, romantic side uh, to Charles. Of course, you know, in the Chicago Med fashion, it's it's a romance with a woman who's terminally ill. <laughs> You know, can't have everything. I mean, that's relatively tame, though, if you're looking at when Chicago relationships, like, she's totally <laughs> relatively tame. Unfortunately. <laughs> so, let's just move away entirely from that whole Connor, Robin, Charles world. So, let's talk about Manstead, which is another hot button issue totally calm sweet <laughs> chill ship right they are so loving and so sweet so, that would be boring we know yeah. <laughs> so, they kicked off the second half of the season you know with will coming home after he was a waste away for witness protection and i think gina and i were both surprised that natalie although she was mad at him like just took him back like it was no big deal. So I'm curious, like, was there a conversation in the writer's room about that potentially happening right away? Like, Natalie being like, no, what you did to me is too much. Like, I don't want to get back with you. Are you talking about, like, immediately? Yeah, like, immediately. Like, when he shows back up at the hospital, she's like, I love you, but, like, no. Talked a lot about all of that. It's interesting that you bring that up because I'm I'm thinking back, and the way it lays out, if I if I'm looking back, 
I think once uh, we came to the decision that the like that his you know that that him now carrying a gun out of you know the uh, for want of a better term PTSD of his experience yeah uh, once that once that was going to be the thing then it was like you know to to to, to parse out the uh, you know the conflict too much what uh, it was was tricky so I think any effort at having to fight decree that gun was kind of uh, overridden by, you know, that that yeah. decision. Once we knew there was a gun, it was like everything you say before <laughs> the gun shows up is, you know, going to be rendered moot by the gun. <laughs> <laughs> gotcha. Got it. Got it. So, you know, speaking of the gun, in 413, there's just, it's a mystery to me, really. Who who broke into Will's car? Because, I mean, they went for the gun and only the gun, which was in the trunk. <laughs> so he had well, to know the another, guy, right? This is another true thing, evidently, <laughs> uh, that, uh, and this we got from actually our consultants. And, you know, we probably didn't do a good enough job. Well, obviously we didn't do a good enough job. Like, it, you know, from an exposition standpoint, Uh Again, for time and space, but people actually target because hospitals are gun-free zones in Chicago. A lot of personnel, cops, any even you know even people carrying guns for perfectly good reasons have to leave them outside the hospital. And so, if you are a in the market for you know stealing, you know getting your hands on guns to sell in the black market, a hospital parking lot is actually like a great <laughs> hot target and that they do case out uh, these situations. Oh, wow. I would have never thought about that. that. Yeah, I would have never thought about that in a million years. <laughs> We're learning so much yeah, I tonight. We had, I think we had, we had one episode, at least one, you know, where Barry got in, where we had made an issue of like, you know, carrying a gun in a, in a, into a hospital. Uh, and we've done it before, I think, in a few. As but I, it, we we probably could have taken a little bit more time in uh, explaining that. Uh, again, it's you make some some decisions are just are are ours to make, and some decisions, you know, I'm not gonna take. I'm not gonna say I even wrote that scene, but there's a very good chance that I would have written that scene. <laughs> and our fantastic editor Arthur Forney would have cut the scene if he felt like it wasn't propelling the the story forward yeah and rightly so (laughs) (laughs) that's really interesting i mean yeah i I would never have thought about that video on how to yeah oh yeah no one am i gonna get in trouble (laughs) (laughs) interesting so speaking of the accessory before the fact (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of the gun though still i'm curious why didn't Will just get rid of the dang gun when he said he was going to? Like, why did he feel the need to keep it and then lie about it and just continue to ruin that relationship and, like, put the nail in the coffin? You know, I mean, again, I, I don't want to call <laughs> things PTSD. Everybody uses that term a lot. But, like, when you're, uh, you know, it was it's easier said than done for him. I mean, I think he right. when he said he was going to get rid of it, he had every intention of actually doing it. And then when faced with the moment when he was going to have to drive his car back out into the dark world of Chicago with who knows running around out there, uh, you know, looking for him. 
you know, could he drop the, the gun off? He, you know, he just couldn't. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a decision he wanted to make. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. So can we all now just agree that like, you know, with Manstead broken up, that Mama Halstead's ring is cursed and should probably never be used again. Can we just agree on that? (laughs) (laughs) I, you know, I mean, we can't make any promises, (laughs) but, uh, but it does seem awfully cursed. Yeah, maybe maybe we can just like boil it down and like repurpose it for something. Like, (laughs) Jay and Will have not had a good good luck. (laughs) We can only use it for the purposes of good somehow. (laughs) Maybe we could kill vampires. (laughs) I don't know. So the last, in terms of Manstead being Manstead, I guess the last like real Manstead scene is in four seventeen, and you know Will's talking about like he like kind of weirdly asks her, he's like, you know, we had some good memories, didn't we? And Natalie's just like, yeah, we did, and like that kind of ends it. But like, is that supposed to be closure of some sort, or like a temporary closure? Like, I mean, Manstead's not actually over, are they? Well, we encourage you to watch the finale. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, I mean, I don't know. Can Manstead ever be over? Never, never over. Never over. Over. I mean, yeah. We, I mean, but I was just like, I think a lot of people after that scene, they were like, what does that mean? Like, you know, they had good moments. Yeah. But that's usually something you say if you're like trying to get closure from something. And like, this is Manstead though. Like Manstead's never over. So I was just curious what your guys' interpretation of that scene was. Well, you know, they, they don't know they're in a TV show. So, <laughs> True. So, you know, I think they were, they were, they were trying to get closure. But, um, you know, I mean, okay, okay, you know, they're, they're in the stars. It's, they, you can't, uh, it, it's, it's got to come back eventually, right? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean... You'd think so. Okay, so I have sort of a follow-up based on that. So, Jeff, when we had you on after the mid-season finale, you had mentioned that the Manstead wedding was not the only wedding we'd see this season. So did that get scrapped, or might we see something about that in the finale? But it could be one of two couples. Like, did that get scrapped, or or, are we still going to see that? Maybe. Well, let me just say I've never lied to you in my life. (laughs) Okay. Okay. <laughs> that, we'll take that. I, I I would not make something like that up. Okay. But no, that's a good answer. That's a really good answer. You know, so maybe I just lied to you right there. You yeah, you might have. And I mean, you know. So, speaking of Manstead, though, we were also introduced to Philip in the second half of season four. And I'm curious, like, what did you guys like about that character? And what are you hoping for Natalie? And I guess in some ways, Will, like, gets out of that storyline and having Philip come in and disrupt things. Hmm. Uh, well, you know, I think one thing we instantly responded to was, you know, that his he he had you know he had such a deep emotional trauma and hole that you know mm-hmm. it, that need to be filled and, and taken care of that it, it, it 
it felt like a good place for Natalie, who was, uh, you know, struggling with her, you know, relationship with Will, you know, post him returning. Uh, it was a, it was a place where she, she knew that she had what her, what her place was role, where she could get value, uh, and, and was, you know, uh, and got a lot back in terms of like appreciation and acceptance. So, uh, it felt like a, a good, you know, from the start, it felt like a, a uh, an a, a understandable launching point for, uh, a relationship that would, that would stand in contrast to, uh, Will and, um, it was, you know, I guess then then the second issue is just, you know, how it's accelerated. I think that's partly a, a function of, like Jeff said earlier, being, you know, it being a TV show uh, and having, you know, its own uh, rhythms that might not necessarily, you know, reflect real life to some extent, but right. hopefully feel, uh, you know, like true. In 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 that TV way, and and I, and I I mean, I also think there's something you know there's something about Manstead and her relationship with Will. It's just it's been so slippery these last many months. You know, you know there's you know the the dishonesty and the you know all that sort of stuff, and and it's just like. I think when someone's involved in that for long enough, even though their feelings are so real, like just being in that situation, like there's something about Philip that's just like a rock that you know what you're getting. You know, you've got this guy who seems like a good guy and in this awful position and you know what he needs and you know what he represents. And like, it's something you can, hold on to, you know what I mean? You know what you're getting. There's something very comforting about that also. And so it seemed like the kind of thing that Natalie might find herself getting into after, you know, all, all this stuff she's gone through with Will. Yeah. Yeah. And as producers on Med, I mean, do you guys get any say in casting decisions? Because, you know, I think the fact that it's Ian Harding has really helped kind of develop their chemistry because, you know, Tori and Ian have such good chemistry to begin with. So what have you guys liked about what he's done with the character? Uh, yeah, Ian's, Ian's great. And, and I don't know all the details that I got cast, but I do know that the fact that they had worked together before and are friendly off camera uh, definitely contributed to uh, his casting. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Tori had lots of good things to say about him, right? And, yeah, and he's a, he's a super likable guy. Like he's 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 just he's he's nice. <laughs> he's a good guy. Like you, you like watching him with her. Gotcha. So you guys as producers don't have like any kind of say in who gets cast, for, regardless of whether it was him or somebody else for the role or any roles. Usually, casting is. Um, you know, we have we have uh, Jonathan Strauss runs the rest of the casting. He works out in New York. We have uh, Marissa in, Marissa in, in Chicago. Chicago. Uh, most of the casting gets done, you know, in in those two places. Jonathan's been doing Dick Wolf shows forever, so you know he's definitely got he's definitely earned uh, a lot of trust and respect. So I think he, you know, he'll definitely put the people forward that he thinks are good for the job, and then. Uh, from our side, 
in Los Angeles, Andy and Diane, between Andy and Diane and Peter Jankowski, uh, sort of, it's sort of that triumvirate, Jonathan, Peter, and, and Andy and Diane on, on the, on the big roles. Gotcha. So again, spoilers, I don't know if you can answer this, but is Natalie going to find out that Philip lied to Owen about having this ranch? And like, is that just him figuring out parenting? Cause that was terrible decision. Or is that like him being like fishy and something's definitely up with him? I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, I think something's fishy, but I've also seen the theory on the internet that a lot of people apparently think that they think Philip's going to kidnap Owen, which is a little out there, but I've seen that theory quite a few times, so it's I don't know. It's also hilarious <laughs> if you're familiar with One Tree Hill. Um, <laughs> is it too late to uh, <laughs> to rewrite the five for one? I just keep seeing theories, and I'm like, oh, well, that's not too. Um, that one's crazy, but I don't know. I think it. I don't know. I think it's also terrible parenting, but I also think. Fishy. I don't know. Well, I mean, we're gonna. We're, we're one thing we do know is we're gonna see some more Philip coming into season uh, five. Oh. So I, okay. I think uh, you know some of this stuff is gonna, uh, you know, for uh, not saying either way, but I think you're gonna start to to uh, to get to know him better and, oh. and understand a little better. Okay. So, uh, but we don't even know exactly what that is yet. So yeah. right. Interesting. All Dang. right. Cool. So we absolutely loved the Maggie and Will stuff that we got in the penultimate episode. Uh, you know, we haven't really seen that much of them up until now, but you know, can we put in an informal request to have more of their friendship in season five? Cause they were pretty great last episode. Yes. I love, I, I agree with you. I've always, uh, love their relationship and you know the will needs will needs maggie more maggie <laughs> in his life i think a lot of his problems would be resolved by bringing her into a circle of trust more often no absolutely we talked about this on our episode last week that you know will maggie makes will kind of up his game he kind of has to put all the bs aside and just kind of up his game to be on maggie's level so it's really good for both of them yeah. yeah, actually, I won't give it. I'm not gonna give anything away. Don't make me give anything away. But, <laughs> but uh, a lot of a uh, lot of stuff that happened. Oh, oh. No, but no. this, this, you the Maggie. <laughs> There's more. Files and Maggie will people will be happy with. <laughs> you know, at least it will be. It will be leaning forward. <laughs> uh, you know, with some with, with with where we take her character. Cool. Interesting. Now I'm just like all my wheels in my head, brain are like turning. I'm like, what is that mean? So speaking though of Maggie and the penultimate episode, we also really loved how you guys told the story of Maggie's sister and you know the violence against Black trans women that is you know unfortunately like a really prevalent issue. I'm curious, is that something you guys had always envisioned tackling since Maggie's sister was introduced, or was that like a you know when you guys started brainstorming for this specific episode, you know, just something you came up with? We should. Yeah, I mean, we didn't originally think about it. No, I think it was. Uh, I think that we knew we wanted. We, we knew we were it, it, we're interested in, in uh, you know showcasing uh, Maggie 
as a character. And then I think the right Sephora and Meredith, I believe wrote that episode. And I think when they were looking at cases, they, you know, they might've very well hit on you know, the hot bun you said. And, and I think they, in order to make it, you know, have more dramatic, it's, 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 it's interesting because we deal with that on a weekly basis where you have, you know, you're going to have, you're going to have patients come in with a malady or a thing that needs to be dealt with and you're going to have doctors treating them. And, you know, obviously one way to, to, uh, to make it more personal and emotional is to, you know, have those doctors have connections that, you know, go beyond just doctor patient. Uh, and we do, you know, we do that. We, we're also trying not to do it every week and try to have some sense of believability and credibility and, and not, to tiny town, the whole thing. So it's one of the things we have to do, balance these stories every week and over the course of the season and over the course of the lifetime of the show is like, when, when does a story need to be, you know, more personal and these, you know, does that help the story? And it, it, it those kind of trade-offs we do in, in that case, it, it uh, we fortunately had that history to, to, uh, to draw from. Gotcha. Hmm. Interesting. So moving on over to sex toy, because we refuse to call them Chexton. Sex toy is a way cooler name. (laughs) Um, Something we've had a hard time wrapping our brains around is that in 413, Ethan literally accuses April of murder. And then by the end of the penultimate episode, they're making out. So, I mean, how can somebody so easily forgive someone who accuses them of murder? That's kind of, I mean, that's a harsh accusation, right? And, and Steve wrote that one, so I'll ask him. He technically doesn't accuse her of murder. He just sort of raises the specter of could she Could be you involved with a murder? I mean, he implies yeah. it. <laughs> it was it was implied. It was implied. Um, but you know, I mean, I don't know. A long time, a lot of stuff happened between thirteen and twenty-one, right? That's yeah, that's a like eternity. Two or three months. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. I just feel like if we were, like, we were talking about this when that happened, like, if I was April, I don't know if I'd ever get over that. Like, you imply that I was a murderer. Like, how do I move on from that? I don't know. But so we were, that's just something we've had a hard time grasping this season. I, 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 I will grant you that. <laughs> <laughs> we're out of excuses. <laughs> Wave the white flag on this one. <laughs> it's you know t- true love conquers all we'll that's, go with that's, that that's, yes that's how much they love each other they can even weather accusations of murder <laughs> <laughs> so with Ethan comes Emily and therefore Bernie and so obviously they came back a couple episodes but can we clarify this situation like Bernie's back in Chicago living with his wife that's how this is going, right? He's back in Chicago, but not with Emily. Well, let's see. But uh, still with Emily, but living with uh, his wife, right? It's complicated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he, they tried, he left to Vegas, and then whatever job thing he had wasn't making the, you know, so he, he, he had to resort back to, you know, living under the roof with his wife, who was still paying uh, you know, the mortgage for or whatever. So, and then Emily's kind of out is, is trying to work and adapt around, you know, Bernie's needs. So 
Yes. <laughs> but Bernie has not left Emily, right? He hasn't like left that. Emily. He's just in a in a comp he's just in a complicated situation where his uh you know, his 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 financial uh require needs and requirements are you know, are, are coming into sharp conflict with his uh family, you know, emotional and, and relationship needs. Uh which I you know, I think it's a pretty you know I know it's a pretty common thing out there where even the other way where you know, people are getting divorced and can't afford to to actually split up and or you know right. even even breakups and everyone everyone's living situations are so stressed out and tense and it's it's kind of a reflection of that. Right. We were just like because Emily shows up and then Bernie's all of a sudden back in the hospital and we were like, wait a second. I thought she came without <laughs> Bernie. We were just like, what? Huh? Uh, no, they're, they're still together. together. Yeah. They're still together. I give. Uh, I thought. Well, maybe some. Sometimes we have to maybe explain things. Yeah. Better. <laughs> and so, okay, hypothetically, given what we saw in the penultimate episode, if Emily were to actually leave again without Vincent, are we to imply that Ethan and April might adopt or become Vincent's guardians? You can imply whatever. <laughs> you want. Um, I, I mean, I guess that would be a possibility if if, if that was to happen. I, I you know, I mean, I think uh, Ethan feels a responsibility for Emily uh, somehow, and that might be something that they would talk about. Yeah, I mean, I think it'd be a pretty big discussion if they did. Hmm. But it's possible. So another thing that we both really loved this season was that I think it was in 412, the reveal that Terry was gay and the fact that it wasn't really made into this big deal at all. I'm curious, was that always the plan with Terry's character from the beginning when he was introduced? Pretty close to the beginning, wasn't it? Yeah, pretty close. I mean, we'd been looking for a place to tell that story for a while and it landed in 12, but I think from close to the beginning, we had we had that we had that idea, yeah. But right, we liked we liked not making a big thing about you know. So many times on TV shows, it's you know such a big reveal or whatever, and, and we kind of like the idea that that you know, that's just how he is. Yeah, yeah. And we also haven't seen the interns in a little bit. We love them. Um, yeah, we haven't seen also. We haven't seen Terry. Is that just like scheduling issues? Is it more just kind of you know lack of storylines? And will we will they be back next season? Uh, I mean, there's so many like things to to you know wrap up with our main characters getting to the end of the season. We we you know we ran out of space to uh, to tell their stories. Does, does, is Elsa in twenty two? I can't remember. I can't remember. But I know we you know we love. Uh, the actors, uh, Elsa in particular, uh, we're already talking about her in season five. She is, you know, because she's so talented, she's got a lot of other suitors. So a lot of times we find ourselves on, uh, on some of the smaller roles, there's this, you know, backstage stuff where the actors have other requirements and, and we have to work, you know, if, if we if, if they're not regulars in every episode, we're essentially working around you know, their schedules and other, and other shows production schedules. So uh, sometimes it's, sometimes it's, these things are out of our hands. I know in terms of, um, who's the actor, Robin, I know, but who's the actor, uh, oh, the plays Terry. Yeah. Uh, shoot, shoot. But Terry's, 
Terry, that actor, is... Uh, he's on Broadway, isn't he? He's on Broadway, yeah. Yeah, so right. that, that, that stuff will happen. <laughs> yeah, he was great. Right? Yeah, I mean, the episode you're saying is great. Um, and so these are just kind of some more random questions, questions from fans that don't necessarily fit in like a nice bubble, but Ruzik finally made an appearance on Med this season. We're just curious what took him so long. Well, what took him so long? He's, uh, he's good. I don't like him. Um, I don't know. Is there a thing that would like, why? I don't think so. I mean, a lot of times I try to use Jay just because. When he's got the extra, you know, he's got connection with Will. Right. Right. He gets the... Uh, priority. He usually gets the first priority. Yeah. And then some... I don't know why he's never done it. Some... I, I, I think I, we've had... I've had Marina. Had, I've, uh, had, I've had Marina. Austin. Um, yeah, I don't know why. He's yeah. good. He's, he's, he's always good. So, next time, yeah. let's use Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So noted, yeah. I mean, we were kind of keeping track just, like, unofficially, and I think he was, like, the lone standout. We were like, he's never been on med. wonder why. Like, <laughs> I mean, he, he could bribe the writers if he wanted to. I'm just putting it out there. There's, you know, there are ways to make these things yeah. happen, but, you know, you didn't hear that here. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeff, you wrote 412, and Steve, you wrote 413 and 419. So how does it get decided mm-hmm. who writes which episode? Do you rotate? Do you call dibs? How does that work? <laughs> yeah, we sort of get into rotation, um, you know, every every five or so. Yeah. Um, it starts to get pretty tricky. I think, Steve, you had to write uh, three out of eight or nine episodes this year, and it got a little dicey. Yeah, you know, we try to get at least, like, five episodes between uh, assignments just because that turnaround has come so fast and furious. Uh, and sometimes it works out that way and sometimes it doesn't. Uh, just, for, you know, I guess this is a good enough place to do it. Like, behind the scenes, we had a lot of babies. <laughs> the writing staff really were really it was really the babies that screwed the, us up yeah we had uh, I one two three yeah. babies were born oh, to yeah. our staff members uh, this year so uh, our our desire to you know sometimes that would affect our you know our writing <laughs> that's right I was trying to think how did things get so screwed up this yeah. year was the babies and it's really hard to get mad at someone for that you know it's just it's hard, but you know you can still. Yeah, you can do it. Well, I, I hold my resentment. Deep. <laughs> That's, funny. That's funny. So we asked Derek this, but someone asked us to ask you guys too. On fire, they scrapped the idea of doing table reads completely, even just for the first episode back. Do you guys do them at all on Med, or did you guys scrap them as well? No, no we do it every uh, every episode. Yep. Oh, really? Oh, wow. Sometimes we get better turnouts than others, depending on. <laughs> we usually do it the, the the last on lunch, the last day of the previous. Game. So essentially, the day before we start production. Mm-hmm. And so that'll depend on the actors' schedules, who's who's working that day, who's still in, who's in Chicago. Uh, but yeah, we that we do it every week, regardless. Sometimes we are the writers. The writers are either there or in the air, and if we are there, we'll usually be having to be read a few roles <laughs> to, uh, to get us through. Huh. 
Huh, That's when I get really self-conscious. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys have always done all episodes for table reads? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Interesting. I wonder. I, I was mean, not. I, wonder, I was not expecting that. Yeah, I know. I'm surprised too. I wonder if it's because I mean, on Med, the dynamics a little easier because everybody's just kind of it's all the characters buzzing around the hospital. Where on Fire, it's like this many people might be on a call, this many people might be at the firehouse. I wonder if that's kind of contributing factor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's also we don't have like a lot of action sequences. Like action sequences are hard to do because you're just like reading. You're kind of just reading the the action lines and people going, "Hey, you know, oh." <laughs> 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 so we don't have a lot of those. So it's like mm-hmm. it, it helps the actors certainly with the vocabulary that we have. Uh, that's certainly one huge benefit of the table read because. There'll be a thousand questions on how to pronounce things and, you know, what, what this is, what, what, they're, what procedures are going on. So that helps a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the first time that we ever hear any of it out loud. So, you know, sometimes all this medical mumbo-jumbo that looks good on the page, you hear it out, you know, out loud and, and you realize it's going to sound confusing or boring or whatever. And it, it gives you the chance to fix it before it's on camera. Cool. Very cool. Yeah. So one of our listeners, Miss Adri, she has a question, and she wants to know if there are any plans for the 100th episode coming up next season. We will be having one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, no, we, I mean, we've been talking about it. Yeah. We want to we do something uh, big. Really big. And um, I think Waxman's going to do we're it. Hopeful, right? We're hopeful that uh, Michael Waxman, who, who has been our produ- producing director, from the get-go, uh, is going to direct that episode. Mm-hmm. So I think we're trying to line things up so that, you know, a bunch of big stuff uh, can happen there. We just, you know, that's, I think, 517. It's episode 17 this season. So yeah. I think, uh, you know, we got a long way to go before we know what's happening that far down the road. So but we, we definitely have it in mind. Oh, so 17 means it's going to be close to the finale of season five. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-oh. So again, if you guys have any good ideas, just <laughs> let me know. <laughs> we're, we're open. We'll get right on that. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, Laurel wanted to know if Ethan's parrot can make an appearance in season five. That's her informal request to make <laughs> Ethan's parrot show up in season five. It's a good question. Did he give that parrot to the other... To the- because the parrot was lonely. I can't yeah. remember. Didn't he let that stay in the show? Yeah, well, let's ask them. Did, did, did Ethan end up giving the, the parrot... Um, it wasn't like a, a veterans yeah. group or, or something like that. Because he was concerned that, that, that... Although the parrot... I feel horrible asking because we should know. <laughs> it was definitely in the script. We shot it. That, you know, he had, the parrot was doing wonders for Ethan as being there for his support, but the parrot being a, a uh, you know, a vocal and communicative, a, a need for socialization animal, he wasn't there for the parrot. Right, well, wasn't he starting to date Vicky and, and yeah. Ethan was getting better and in his own relationship, the parrot yeah. was not doing as well yeah. because of it. So he felt it was best for the parrot to, to, to have someone who had wasn't working all the time. Yeah, did that happen on screen or did, did Arthur cut that? 
it sounds right that he gave them to like a veterans organization. It sounds right. Yeah. I'm I'm really kind of frantically googling right now, trying to remember refresh my memory. <laughs> we definitely yeah. wrote the. It was written, so I yeah. I think that happens. So. Uh, so you doesn't even own the parrot anymore. That's sad. That's sad. Well, we can you know he can go visit. The, the yeah. Parrot. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean. Yeah. Actually, He's that probably... parrot was played by three parrots. That parrot was played by three parrots. Yeah. Really. There's a there's a walking parrot, a flying parrot, and uh, yeah. a something else parrot. They yeah. specialize in one of the things. Okay, wait, so, Jeff, yeah, you just said you'd parrot. never lie to us. Like you're telling the truth right now, right? <laughs> <laughs> you're telling the truth. I, I couldn't make that up. Interesting. A walking parrot, a flying parrot, and an other stuffed parrot. <laughs> wow, like we're learning parrot. so yeah, much you know, tonight. To the parrot. <laughs> Landing parrot. Yeah, you gotta yeah. sit on your shoulder. Oh, right, yeah. There's a landing parrot. Yeah, landing yeah. Parrot. yeah. <laughs> I'm surprised we got. We got lucky. We only needed three. <laughs> they're they're excellent parrots. Yeah. Oh, we're interesting. Learning so much. I would have never have imagined, like ever. But that's so interesting. <laughs> so, um, our listener Jiffy Pop Culture had a question, and this is, you know, we've loved to ask this in the past. I just want to make sure we reiterate: this is from a listener. This is not from us this time. So, given the number of medical, legal, ethical violations between Natalie, Will, and Connor that they've all racked up, how does Chicago Med stay open? <laughs> there goes our set very good Rhino. lawyers. <laughs> got a top team of lawyers that are on top of this every this way, Maybe Chicago law justice would have worked if it just handled <laughs> our cases. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a, it's a good question. Um, you know, any good answers? <laughs> you know, they 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 their their hearts are in the right place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they are. They are. We have to be more. I would love to say that. that they're no longer going to do stuff that would. <laughs> but that that I would be lying. <laughs> they're going to do. They're going to do some more crazy stuff. <laughs> That's awesome. So our listener, Carolyn, wanted to know if we were going to find out. I mean, granted, you guys are still working on season five. We know that. But she wanted to know if we're going to find out more about Natalie's backstory in season five. Hmm. Well, that's Maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, we're, 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 you know, we're definitely planning stuff where she is, uh, in the forefront and uh, and dealing with a lot of issues. So, yeah, I, I hope so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's pretty Natalie heavy, the first uh, yeah. bunch of episodes. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, yeah, and so, you know, we've got the finale coming up in, you know, well, we're, we're recording this on Tuesday. So, no, Monday. Today's Monday. Monday. Oh, God. Yeah, see? That's where my mind's at. My days are all, like, freaking out. So, <laughs> yeah, so we've got the finale on Wednesday. So uh, what can you tease going ahead? What I mean, what's in store for that hour? Oh man, what is in store for that hour? I'm not good at this because I don't know how to do this. <laughs> I'm literally trying to remember what the story is. I oh, I, I don't have that excuse. I remember what the story is. I just don't know how to like. See, I you know, uh, you know. I mean, there's right, like you know, there's a lot of Will and Natalie, a lot of Will and Natalie, big revelations, and and uh, you know. 
There's going to be some cliffhangery stuff. Cliffhangery sure. on that front. Cliffhangery. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, and Cliff, uh, yeah, there's right, a lot of, uh, I don't want to say Ava's name again, because they'll start asking us questions, right? <laughs> a lot of Ava Connor. <laughs> uh, but, you know, there's, Corn- and, you know, it's, uh, Cornelius is, might be dead, but he's not dead and buried in the sense that <laughs> his, there's still, uh, you know, tentacles of that story that come and, and, and affect, uh, the characters and the, and the, and the moves in the finale. I mean, I think all the couples have a story, right? Like yeah. Charles and Caroline, Ethan April, like everybody's got either something that's going to be cliffhangery or something that's going to reveal that that's going to be like, feel like a, a big culmination of things. Yeah. I, I think everybody's, I going to be surprised. I think there's going to be some surprises. I, I hope so. I, I think there's some definite surprises. Yeah. I, mean, I hate to, anything we say is going to kind of yeah, give it away. You got to tune in. <laughs> it's gonna be good. It's, it's a good one. I think it's actually a good right? one. I'm not just saying that to say that. I think this might be my favorite of our finales. Yeah, for the four seasons. Yeah, I think that's awesome. I'm excited to see it. I'm just like counting down and like, okay, 48 hours. We got this. 48 hours. You got this. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of nervous that we have to watch all three back to back, but you know. Oh yeah. <laughs> we're not ready in that regard like no, at all no it'll be fine we'll be fine but yeah so i think that's about all we've got Brian, do you have any last minute notes no i think that's it guys thank you so much for coming back we really pre- we love having you guys on and talking about like this is always so much fun oh thanks for having yeah. us and, and and for you know doing this every week and everything we've been listening so thanks <laughs> anytime yeah so you guys um yeah so that's about it um as always listeners you know where to find us facebook twitter instagram tumblr follow us individually on twitter i'm at gina watches tv bryna i'm at bryna k13 jeff where can we find you uh tv underscore md on twitter Stephen, have we gotten you on Twitter yet? I'm still, no, I'm I'm still (laughs) socially media (laughs) ignorant. I can barely find them. I know. (laughs) But I'm here on the Universal lot in, uh, uh, what what, what building are we at? Jack Webb. Jack Webb Webb building right there on the corner. Just come and see me anytime. All if right. you want a Universal Studio tour, just, uh, <laughs> just wait. Shoe shine guy. I mean, I've actually right been on the Universal it. tour. I've been on the Universal tour, and we went past like the NBC buildings, and I was like, I wonder where this, this is, where all the Chicago people work. Like, hmm. Oh yeah, the bus goes right past like yeah. seventeen times a day. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you get to see everybody's parking spaces, like outside the voice lot, and yeah, done that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't have one of those good, neither one of us have one of those good parking spots. <laughs> oh, man. Funny. Uh, but yeah, so guys, yeah. thank you so much for coming back. And yeah, everybody watch the finale on Wednesday and we'll talk to you guys soon. Great. Right. Talk to you soon. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.